T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the Billiken Sports Network, from Learfield, welcome to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Life is for living. Let's partner for all of it. Learn more at edwardjones.com. Now, the Billiken Basketball Radio Show. Chaffetz Arena on the campus of St. Louis University. Tom Ackerman with you. It is the Billikens Coaches Show, and it's great to be along with the head coach of the St. Louis University women's basketball team, Lisa Stone. First of all, congratulations on your Wisconsin Basketball Hall of Fame honor. That is tremendous. Thanks so much, Tom. It, it uh, You get the call, and it just you go about down memory lane is what happens. You know, I... I was in the Wisconsin system uh, in the Division Three level at Eau Claire and then at the University of Wisconsin, and um, I'm from the Madison area. And uh, actually, one of my former players at Drake, who's also from Wisconsin, is going in as a player. So I'm going to induct her, and she's going to induct me. It's kind of cool, pretty special. She also worked for me. She was on my staff at Wisconsin the entire time I was there. So it's a nice honor. It makes you just go down memory lane, like I said, just the, the wonderful players and families and and assistant coaches and different faculty that I worked with throughout my time. And, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. My, I know my parents are pretty proud. I want to talk to you about that, and I want to talk to you about the upcoming game you have here against Dayton at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. You're going to have a lot of kids in the house, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's what I hear. I, 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 uh, when typically on a, a normal kids' day, it's packed in here, and they have a moment of loudness, which is my favorite part. <laughs> kids just scream their heads off. and. I don't know what type of turnout we'll have due to COVID. I, I hope we still have the, the, the great numbers. I'm not not certain. I just I pray there is because the last time we played Dayton on a kids game, I believe it was a triple overtime game uh, here that we won. And the game went so long that the kids had to go back to school or the buses were going to leave. It was comical. But um, I know it'll be a great environment. It's good to be home. We just came off a six-game road trip. I don't know. We'll talk about that. But uh, I'm so excited about this team. You know, we've, we've faced a lot of adversity, but we are – um, resilient and strong and together, and uh, we're going to fight to the bitter end. Absolutely. Your last win in this building, I did that game against St. Bonaventure in overtime. Kaiser Harbison with the last-second shot. Thrilling. I mean, I, I've been involved in a lot of basketball games in my life, and that one, for me, in calling a game, ranks up there. I mean, that was just awesome. It was – well, it didn't look good. You know, we were, we had trailed in that fourth quarter and came back, and Kaiji hit the three to put it to overtime, and then the game winner to win the game. It was – what the team needed, obviously. Winning is – it helps, certainly, with everything, and uh, we needed a shot in the arm at that point. 
You did, and uh, you picked up a win on the road at VCU back on January 26th. Since then, as you mentioned, uh, you went on the road and lost a couple of games. Let's talk about your last game, and then we'll get into Dayton for a minute. But you lost at UMass by three. That was a game you actually were leading by a pretty big margin early. They came back in the second quarter, and they were able to take a five-point lead at the break, and then back and forth. You won the first quarter, you won the third quarter, but in the end, they found a way. Well, the last, probably, yeah, we had a great start, our best start of the of the season. We scored 23 points in the first quarter, and we only scored nine in the second quarter. We had a, a tough um, second quarter win in halftime um, down, trailing, I think it was by five. And, you know, it was back basically back and forth. The fourth quarter, the last five minutes of the game, it was a trade of baskets. We couldn't get a stop. We needed to get a stop. And then we had a chance. Peyton Kenny made a tough shot uh, uh, to get an and one. And then Natalie McNeil's three was in and out, you know, to put us to overtime. But, you know, we played Rhode Island two days before that. And Rhode Island's 18-3 and three and, and uh, UMass is 17-5. and five. And, you know, our record is not indicative of, of where we're at, but we also had an Achilles tendon injury last week and an ACL. Uh, I know a lot of people, there's injuries, but we've had three season-ending injuries. Julie Martinez, who you'll talk to, was out for eight weeks. Brooke Flowers had a concussion for four games. I mean, it's it just keeps coming. But you know what? The resilience of this team is that we're going to show up, we're going to practice every day as if we're 20-0. and 0. It doesn't change how I approach the practice. I'm sympathetic to the kids in terms of their friends are down. They lost a couple, two friends last week to season-ending injuries. And we're women. We're sensitive. It, it hurts. But uh, we rallied around each other, put ourselves in a great position against UMass to win that game. And, and unfortunately, it came up short. Now, we get UMass back on senior day, and, and we'll be excited about that. But right now, what we and I actually thought we played really well last week. So I'm really proud of our efforts. I'm proud of our, our courage, our resiliency, and we actually got better. We're playing pretty good basketball right now. We play the conference leader uh, in Dayton on, on Wednesday. Um, you know, they're, they've got three six-year seniors in their starting lineup. You know, they're between ages 23 and 25, and, and, and we're between 18 and 19. And it, it just is what it is. I mean, those kids came back for their sixth year, and, and – good for them. I mean, they, they had some unfinished business and they want to go win that league this year. And right now they're the conference leader. Um, we are at home and we played them well over there the last time. We played really, really well. Played with a, a chip on our shoulder and an underdog mentality of, of which we have to have this year, the rest of the season. But we've gone through the top three teams in the league are the three in the row that we played. R- Dayton, Rhode Island, UMass. And we're right there. We are right there. And Good things are going to happen to this team. Great things are going to happen to this team. I firmly believe that, that if we continue to keep better and get the right momentum going into the conference tournament, regardless of our seed, right now we know to play any type of postseason, we got to win the A-10 tournament. So keep getting better and better and better and better and take care of our bodies. Our practices, it, there's, they're mental in a lot of ways. They're, I have to be cautious to make sure we are fresh because we have eight healthy bodies right now, and no one's going to feel sorry for us, nobody. So what we're going to do is we're going to lace them up, and we're going to be ready. We're going to be fresh. We're going to defend. We've got to rebound much, much better than we did the last time at Dayton. We got out rebounded by 24 on the glass, and we're still in the game. I told my team if we're within five on either side of the rebounds, we're going to be right where we need to be. So they will fight. They will battle. They're together. February is a month where teams either go north or south, and we're going north. And we're going, and we're going together day by day. And I'm excited. People are like, what is wrong with her? You know, it, maybe 10 years ago in my career, I'd be in the funny farm. But I'm not. 
I'm very encouraged by the type of play that we have currently going on, the unity of our team both on and off the court, the fact that they're really trying to rally around the injured players and play for them um, and try to find some smiles in there. You know, they're 18 to 22 years old, and, and on our road trip, last road trip, we put some music on and just jammed some music and just shot for an hour, played pig and a bunch of shooting games. I felt like it was a basketball camp. And this, it warmed my heart, the smiles on their faces. We couldn't do an intense practice that day, so we shot for an hour to music, and they're singing and dancing and having fun. And the night before the game uh, against UMass, we had a, 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 a team game night, family, or a movie night type deal. I went and got popcorn and milk duds and <laughs> M&Ms, and you would have thought I bought them a Cadillac. You know, they were so, they're kids, and they smiled. And those little things to keep that team together are imperative to our continued work and strive to take momentum into the A-10 tournament. There's really a short window of time in your life where you get to do this, where you get to play mm -hmm. on a floor in an arena and wear a uniform. And that's part of what keeps you moving forward. It is. And I put on the board every single game, biggest game of the year. I don't care if we're playing an exhibition game. I have my whole entire career on the very top of the board. It says biggest game of the year. Why? And I, you don't ever want to present if someone gets hurt you don't get to play again because you treat every game like the biggest game of the year just play your heart out for 40 minutes it's 90 minutes of total time with no regrets go out there have fun play hard play together have some fun and treat it like the biggest game of the year you can't overlook anybody for certainly and you can't you, you respect everyone you play but you fear no one you go out there and you throw your shoulders back and you take a deep breath and do the best you can and have some fun while you're doing it Coming up next, we're going to hear from Brooke Flowers and Julia Martinez. You mentioned it. Tell us about those two players. Unbelievable leaders. Uh, Brooke, again, a St. Louis native, uh, all-time blocks leader, um, smiles. You put music on, I don't care what kind of music. It could be my country music, and she is going to dance. The girl will dance anytime, no matter how she's feeling. Her personality is infectious. She's, she's the hug queen, comes and hugs everybody on the staff and team every day. She's a captain. She's a leader. She's a defender. She's an athlete. She's got more basketball beyond college. I'm thankful she's coming back for another year. But after that, she'll be overseas playing. She's 6'5 and can run and catch and really do a lot of things. But she's an unbelievable human being, just a wonderful, warm-hearted person. Julie Martinez is, um, she probably knows the playbook better than I do sometimes. She knows every play, every position on the floor. She's a leader. She's a mo um, facilitator on the court. Um, she's always talking. She's always encouraging. We missed her. Those eight weeks she was out, we really, really missed her. She's a leader in her own way. Um, got a big smile on her face, uh, like, like Brooke. There, there's some similarities in terms of the music and the dancing and the smile and the just genuine heart. But she really cares. She's a competitor. It's not about her. It's about the team. And, and uh, I'm just blessed to be able to coach those two. Julia is a terrific player. And Brooke, the all-time shot block leader here at St. Louis University, you can be tall. It doesn't mean that you're going to block shots. There's an art to it, isn't there? A, a timing and an understanding of the other players. Yeah, and, you know, we do scouting reports, and Brooke is the only one on our team that can really play behind because she's got an impeccable timing on her block shots. And anytime they call a foul on a block shot, I have to question the official because she does have really, really good timing. The problem area is the only time she can't block a shot is, like the UMass girl, Sam Breen, she falls away and shoots... We, it's an unblockable shot, and she's good at it. Um, but 
her presence in there. She, you know, like in the men's game, you watch our men play, they, they can protect the rim. The big guys, Okoro and Linson, they can, they can protect the rim. Brooke actually can do that for us. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, she can dunk a tennis ball. Uh, probably anything she can hang on to, she can dunk it. I did that last year in our, um, at a, during our NIT run. We had a little, did a little thing where everybody jumps at the same time and she dunked it. I don't know what that's called. Some young person social media yeah, thing. Right. She was great at it. Um, but yeah, she her defense and her presence and her rim protector and the fact that she really can run and can score for us. She's a recipient scorer many times in terms of our ra- roll and rise action. But for the most part, she's she's a complete player and really tough to guard. About a minute or so before the break, but we'll also touch on this here on the show tonight. Kaija Harbison is the second all-time leading scorer in St. Louis University history. That happened over the last week. Yeah, one of the best to wear a uniform. She is a, a quiet leader leads by example, can stick the three. That's what She's added that to her game this year. She can get the th- shoot the three. She can get the basket. She's one of our best on-ball defenders. Um, we've told her to get in and get four rebounds a game, and she's doing that. Um, just a very humble young woman that is extremely talented. And, again, she's going to play wherever she wants to after she's finished. She's an exciting player, and this team has a lot of talent to rally around, and they will be here at Chaffetz Arena on Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. tip against Dayton. Big game against Dayton. They're 9-0 and in the league, 18-3 and overall. They've won 12 in a row. It's the Billikens and the Flyers on Wednesday. But here tonight, it's the Billiken Coaches Show with Lisa Stone. I'm Tom Ackerman, and when we come back, we will be joined by the aforementioned Brooke Flowers, the 6'5 senior out of St. Louis, and the terrific Julia Martinez, the 5'10 junior guard, the Chicagoan. And, boy, they get after it, and they are fun. I can't wait to visit with them. We will do that coming up next. St. Louis Union Station with so many things to safely do and see for all ages. Book your experience at stlewisunionstation.com. That's stlewisunionstation.com. Lisa Stone, Tom Ackerman, Brooke Flowers, Julia Martinez, Jim Jackson. We're all here. It's the Coaches Show at Chaffetz Arena at SLU, and we'll be back with more right after this from Learfield. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
And we're back at Chaffetz Arena, the Billiken Coaches Show. Tom Ackerman with you, and very pleased to be joined by two Billikens, Julia Martinez and Brooke Flowers. It's great to be along with both of you. First of all, Brooke, the all-time shot blocker at St. Louis University. When I say that, what does that feel like for the St. Louisan? Um, it's wonderful. Uh, coming into college, you never, you never know how it's going to go. Um, it was never anything like I had a goal set out to do. It was just kind of something that happened. Um, I'm thankful. Uh, I still can't believe it. It's kind of one of those like mind boggling things, you know, to be in a record book for something uh, that contributes to the team. So it's wonderful. I feel, um, I don't know. It's kind of indescribable, but it's a great feeling. I w- was doing the game when it happened and I turned to Nick Remember Nick, who who runs your media relations, and and I said, was that the one? You know, I thought was that the one. We were making sure we wanted to make sure we got them all right, and he ended up uh, blowing right past it. Uh, it was a terrific game. My gosh, what a game that was! <laughs> An overtime thriller of a win against St. Bonaventure. Oh, Kaiser Harbison with the game-winning shot. Julia Martinez is here, and I know in that game, you I think you were on a strict minutes limit. Uh, because of injuries, you do everything for this team. If I were to introduce you, I would say the do everything, Julia Martinez. Is is that how you see your role on this team? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think you know each year my role has been different, and this year, obviously, I was out for a little bit due to a leg injury. But you know, now being back, I am just uh, whatever Coach Stone needs me to do, I will do, and if that's to be rebounding, to be on the floor, to be like that X-Factor blue-collar worker. That's what I am. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, any of the like the little dirty work. And for me, obviously, I, my stat, you know, like the scoring is not there as much compared to like Kaija Harbison, but it's like a lot of the little things um, that Coach Stone needs me to do, and that's what I'll do out there. Basketball is made up of little things, and we're sitting here on the floor at Chaffetz Arena. Do you still at times pinch yourself? You're playing Division One college basketball in front of people, and you get to do that – and go to school and have fun right here in the heart of a great city. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to play Division One basketball. And, you know, Shape It's Arena is such a great arena, and we have such a good fan base. And, yeah, definitely like a dream come true being here. And now have it, having it be my third year, I'm just so lucky, and now I just want to, you know, cherish the rest that I have. Brooke, and to get to do it here in your hometown? Um, it's, it's a surreal experience growing up um, playing – basketball you know like my middle school teams or my AAU teams we would come and we would sit um, and watch you know the games be played by you know former players and everything like that and so now uh, being a senior in college and being on the other side of it and playing on the court and seeing kids up there from St. Louis looking down at you while you're playing it's like it's such a gratifying experience uh, definitely something I'm extremely thankful for yeah you are you're great uh, role models and uh, larger than life to them that's for sure as they as they watch basketball Julia what does Brooke do for this team I mean she scores she rebounds she's one of the best rebounders in the country we talked about her shot blocking ability she does a lot doesn't she she does. I mean, there's times where, including myself, we get beat, you know, one-on-one, but it's like I know Brooke will be there in the paint to help me either block the shot or stop the defender. Um, you know, she's she's a senior, so she has experience. She's been on the team since her fourth year. Um, she has a lot of energy and just – it's more just like the experience that she gives us. Yeah. See, obviously a great – obviously all-time leading block, uh, <laughs> block on the t- on St. Louis, so – 
Yeah, she definitely adds a lot to our team. And yeah. our team wouldn't be the same if she wasn't on there. And, Brooke, this team is different when Julia's on the floor. She oh, just, man. She just gets stuff done. Julia is a rock star. Julia is, like, every everything. Julia's amazing. I, sometimes I don't know plays. I know I'm a senior, but I might forget a play, and the first person I'm going to look at is Julia. Julia knows where everywhere is supposed to be, where everyone is supposed to be on the floor. She always knows what's going on. She's always talking and always contributing. She does those those little things that sometimes people don't always pick up on, but it makes such a big difference. She stepped back on the floor, and it I just feel like it changed the complexion of the team completely. So she's just one of those players that you really appreciate. Uh, you love playing with her. When she went out, we were all sad, and then when she came back, we were like, we're back in business. So she's definitely somebody that you love having on your bench, you know, on your side, on the court with you. Some players are just like that. They just see the game a little bit mm -hmm. differently than the rest of us. Do you, do you, do you ever think about coaching? Do you think that that's something you could do? Um, it's funny that you asked me that because a lot of people who ask me and a lot of people tell me that I should be a coach and that I'd be such a great, you know, coach to recruit and everything. Um, I definitely have thought about it. It's not like off. It's, it's definitely still up in there. Um, I'm right now I'm majoring in athletic training. We actually both are mm -hmm. in athletic training, but, um, I think I, I think coaching could be, it could be my future. Yeah. I yeah. would love it. I, I think all, like, the like the IQ and, like, the actual game of basketball and, like, a lot of the little things is, like, what I love. And, like, to be able to find, like, little things and to, like, get down deep into, like, actual basketball is what I am, like, very – like, that's what I like to do and very interested in. But, yeah. There's always – once you get this game in you, you just can't get it out. Mm -hmm. it has, it's going to be part of your life forever yeah. in some way, shape, or form. So you have mm -hmm. this great future ahead of you. It's exciting. Yeah. In the immediate future, you're playing Dayton and – Interesting. It's an early game in the middle of the week. That's uh, that's a, you don't see that every day, Brooke. What mm -hmm. are we at eleven a.m. tip mm -hmm. on well, Wednesday. It's supposed to be our um, kids game, so I'm very excited for that. There will be a whole bunch of screaming kids in here, which is wonderful. Uh, it'll the you know building will be buzzing. There'll be a lot of energy, so it'll be nice. I like early games. You know, you don't have to sit around all day and wait for them. Um, it'll be exciting to play Dayton again. Every time we play them, whether we're here or we go out there. It's always a good game. So uh, it's just one of those games where everybody's always excited. There's a whole bunch of energy, and the kids will be in here, so it'll be even more energy. So it's going to be a great experience. I'm really looking forward to it. A lot of energy for that men's game on Saturday against mm -hmm. Dayton. And mm -hmm. I think we've clearly established who the rival is for the, for the men's program. <laughs> Do you feel uh, competitive rivals within your league when you're playing Brooke? Um, definitely. I feel like Dayton would be one of them. Um, recently, VCU has always been, while I've been in college, it's always been a good matchup. And then Fordham, Fordham would also definitely be a rival. It's, you know, those are the three teams. When I think of all of the A-10 games that I've played in my college career, those are the three teams where you always highlight, underline, you know, circle, like you, you get up for those games. You're excited for those games, so. Definitely those three, for sure. Weird thing, the Fordham game, you go up to New York and then, you know, you can't play. But mm -hmm. both of you have been through individual injuries this year. But I feel like that's – while that's one thing to overcome, it as a team, this team is just tested. I mean, <laughs> how do you go through three quarantines last year? And then this year, of course, COVID protocol rolls around and you have to go through it again. I guess, Julia, the question would be, how did the team overcome that? That is not an easy thing to do mm -hmm. mentally. Yeah, it, it's really not. It was honestly really tough. Um, 
But I think the biggest thing is that we all just remembered like what our goal was, which was obviously to win the um, conference tournament. And, you know, we had a lot of setbacks and we have a lot this year as well with injuries and also some also uh, COVID as well. But I think just at the end of the day, we all like keep reminding ourselves like what we've been working hard for and we want that championship and, you know, to make ourselves better and just to like to put our name out there. Um, and, you know, we all obviously we all love basketball. We've It's always been like our first love since we were like little girls. Um, so just like being it, just like remembering and like making that like little girl when we were younger proud of us. And it's just a day by day thing, you know, in college, um, being a student athlete in college, it's tough. You know, you go from school to your sport to then you get injuries and then you're tired. Like there's a lot of things you go through. But I think at the end of the day, we all just came together and just remembered like what we were here for and which the conference tournament, the champion. You went up to VCU and beat them uh, a few games ago, and then they've lost a couple of narrow games, including one at UMass. It was a one-point game late. They were able to pull away by three, Brooke. Uh, it has been a battle, but uh, as Julia said, you keep churning away. You have Dayton, you have Davidson. You, you've got uh, still a lot ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that we've uh, adopted kind of as like a word or something to hang our hats on is resilience. Uh, we've been through a lot. Uh, one thing you can't, you it kind of comes onto the court, but it's so we're so strong like together as a unit. Out of all the teams I've been a part of, I think this is the closest team that I've been on. Um, we're just always, you know, together, holding on to each other, lifting each other up, supporting one another, and everything that we're going through. Um, and I think that's how you know we've been able to just keep fighting. You know, there's a lot of things that have come up. There's a lot of obstacles that we've had to go through, but we all just keep fighting, keep punching, staying together. You know, just going out on the court every time and trying to play our best game and just give it all we've got every time out there on the floor. It's probably in times like that, Julia, where you realize that you are a family, players, coaches, staff, all across the board. You you all – nobody really knows except for that group. Yeah. You know, we can sit here and talk yeah. about you and – call your games and see what we see but nobody really knows mm-hmm. except that family right yeah I mean every day I practice it's literally just our team and with the staff and you know athletic trainer like it, it's hard to sometimes it's hard to tell other people who are outside of our bubble um like what day-to-day is because you just don't experience it um but you know that's that's what a family is every family goes through everything ups and downs and Something that's really strong with us is that we all stay together throughout, like through anything that we've we've gotten a lot of curveballs thrown at us, but we've stayed together and we're still here. Well, let's uh, one thing before we go is let's brag on Kaija Harbison for a minute. Second all-time <laughs> leading scorer mm-hmm. in SLU history. What does she mean to the team? Just a simple question about Kaija. Um, she's kind of one of those people that just leads by example. She's a quiet constant presence uh she doesn't say a lot but when she does you know everybody hears her you know everybody listens even off the court you know she doesn't say much but when she does say something like it's funny or it contributes to the conversation so she's um just kind of one of those steadfast consistencies you know something you look to you know is always going to be there so uh definitely a wonderful piece in our program what do you think julia yeah, I mean, obviously our team would not be the same without her. Um, she's such a big presence on the court, and she leads by example, and everyone follows her, and she makes it look easy. That's the thing. She makes it look easy, and she's such a great player, and I know she's going to do great things in the future. And this is the coach's show, so i got to ask you about Lisa Stone, who is going to return to the microphone here after this break. But 
What does she mean to you, Julia? Um, you know, Coach Stone, she, she's our leader. You know, every day she is out there, she's telling us what to do, um, and she, she's been in the game for a while. And, um, you know, we all respect her, we all trust her, and she's, she's a great coach. She puts us out there um, with preparation, and she knows, like, she believes in us. She gives us motivation every single day, and, um, yeah, she's our leader at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> you, you've been with her for a long time as well, Brooke. Um, kind of just going back to that resiliency piece, uh, you know, she coaches us the same. Um, no matter what the result is, you know, she's always pushing us to be our best and do our best and keep fighting. And so that kind of mentality just trickles down to the rest of us, and we all just keep fighting and stay together. So, you know, she just kind of encourages all of us to stay together and stay the course and just keep pushing. And because of her, you know, that's what we that's what we do. You've got Dayton here on Wednesday at 11 a.m. I hope that those kids are super loud and that it's a lot of fun in here for that game at 11 o'clock. Good luck, and thank you very much for being with us. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having us. Brooke Flowers, Julia Martinez, I'm Tom Ackerman. Lisa Stone, the head coach of the Billikens, returns when we come back to the Billiken Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Chaffetz Arena. Tom Ackerman, Lisa Stone, the Billiken Coaches Show, and Fieldhouse, located steps from here, perfect before the game, for the game, and after the game. Fieldhouse, located at 510 North Teresa Avenue in Midtown, an official partner of your St. Louis University Billikens. The Billiken women will be here on Wednesday for an 11 a.m. tip against Dayton. Lisa Stone, looking forward to that. We talked a little bit about that, and we'll circle back to it. Well, what an honor for you. We mentioned it at the start of the show. Uh, Wisconsin Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, the coaches, the great people involved in the state of Wisconsin are all coming together to honor you and others uh, for your greatness in the game of basketball in Wisconsin, your home state. I know very meaningful for you, and, and it goes back to growing up in the Madison area, playing basketball at a very high level, but you played other sports too. You were a tennis player. Yep. Uh, you uh, did a lot of different things. Ran track, I do believe. Yes, nice, Tom. Yes, yep. I did. I uh, I grew up in Oregon, Wisconsin. I'm the oldest of four children. Uh, my parents still live in the same house that I grew up in, and um, I and and I actually I did everything. I was a little tomboy was the name of it back in the day. Um, I tried to play Little League Baseball, but they kicked me out because I could actually throw a curveball, and they didn't like it. The little girl was striking out the boys, so I couldn't do that. So I did whatever I could, and um, we we ran, played basketball outside in the driveway and things like that. But I just picked up a tennis racket, started playing, and said, that's okay, I can do that. And I played tennis in high school. Um, I played, I ran track, and I was a high jumper. I went to state off four years in high school on track, and our relays and in, in the high jump. Um, I still hold the high jump record um, at 5'8", which is pretty high for a 5'8 person. But uh, I had good technique, really had a really good track coach that showed me how to do the, the Fosbury flop, and I did it pretty well. And then I, I played basketball and uh, uh, loved where I came from. My family is all still up in the Madison area and uh, was fortunate enough to be able to coach there um, and in the state. Uh, was at after college, I went to Cornell College, then on to uh, Eau Claire. I was there for 12 years. Our children were born there. Allie and Tyler were born in Eau Claire. And my daughter later then went to Eau Claire and played soccer. Uh, my son came here to SLU. And then uh, from there, I went to Drake University and then back to Madison. And I was the head coach for the Badgers. 
And uh, we had a great run there, really great run. Uh, excited, finished third in the Big Ten in, our, in our, our last year there and really had a role in a top 25 class coming in. And, and uh, you know, then uh, in between, you know, we I went uh, did TV um, uh, with uh, ESPN and the Big Ten Network, um, which was interesting. Actually kind of liked it. Um, but then my kids were like, hey, you've got to get back in the court, Mom. you got way too much energy and – Looked at a lot of opportunities, but I talked to Chris May, and I said, you know what, I want to go somewhere and do something something that hasn't been done. And we did win an A-10 championship, um, and our our program has, has been one of the top in the A-10 uh, for our 10 years here, and uh, this year has been, been been tough with all of our injuries. But uh, we're competing, we're battling, and we still in, still in this year are battling for a championship. Well, that was your specialty was turning around programs. I yeah. mean, you came in. When programs were losing and you turned them around, just working in reverse, Wisconsin, you know, their last NCAA tournament appearance was 2010, which was under your guidance, and you turned that program around, the Badgers, and coaching in the Big Ten after playing in the Big Ten mm-hmm. had to have been very special for you. You played at Iowa. Yeah, it was. It was. I played for the great Vivian Stringer, who's now at Rutgers, and uh, I was in the Big Ten. It was fantastic and always a dream, you know, um, always a dream of mine, and to be able to come home and coach in my home's basically my home city was fantastic uh the the stands were there's like 300 of my family and friends every single game was pretty cool uh we lived very close to the arena and everybody came over after the games and things like that but uh yeah it was a great time and and uh every place I've been I've loved every step of my career I've loved where I've coached I've loved who I've worked for I love the players that I had underneath me and and I've had great staff you know I'm I'm nowhere near what I am without great assistant coaches and I've been blessed to have the same here at uh, St. Louis. So, um, it, you know, you look at it, yet you've been coaching for 36 years, and it's half of your life. And it takes people like my husband to understand what I do. He loves women's basketball sometimes more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he watches the game all the time. He gave up his job as a CFO and CPA to uh, follow my dream um and help raise our kids coach my daughter's teams coach my son's teams and do all of that so i'm very blessed that i have people in my life that have allowed me to do what i do Uh, my parents are um, also my biggest supporters they're still in oregon wisconsin in that same house that i grew up in and my dad goes to coffee every morning and brags about his daughter everywhere he goes and um he's got another daughter and two sons but uh um, only one of us is coaching division one basketball but uh very proud parents and you know they're just they're they're they listen watch every game they'll listen to tonight's show i mean they're they're very supportive and it means a great deal because you need people in your life that they get it that know what's going on um and uh and they really do you mentioned oregon and then iowa cornell college eau claire was a heck of a turnaround for you you got a lot of honor for that was that the big turning point in your coaching career it really was i mean our first year that we were 24 and 4 um and that was, you know, I, it's, I, I don't have a magic wand, Tom. I don't go in there and say, you know, bippity-boppity-boo, we're going to be great. But those kids bought into a young coach, and uh, we went for it, and we had a heck of a run in the WIAC. And my last year at Eau Claire, we were 29-1. and one. And I had five juniors on my team, 29 and one, with our one loss to WashU right down the street. Oh my gosh! Yep. Uh, and when I was here, we were played at WashU. We lost in double overtime, a game to go to the Sweet 16. And Nancy Faye's good friend of mine's over at Illinois. She, uh, they beat us in double overtime, and then they later went on to every game from there to their national championship was a 50-point deficit. So our game was a national championship game. 
and I twenty nine and one we were, and wow. I got offered the Drake job two days later, and with all those kids coming back to go to uh, twenty nine and one, we only had one loss, and I took the Drake job, and one of those kids came with me to Drake, and the others went, and they made it back to the Final Four the next year. They didn't win the national championship, but they did make it back. But it's hard to walk away. It's hard yeah. to walk away from that that team that you built. But I left it in a good spot. They they've been very very good. Um, I like to to leave a place better than I than it was when you got there, and uh, you know we that's if anything that's something that we're we're proud to do. You know we just try to get the right players in and do the best that you can in the with with what you have at the time and and work your way through stuff. And you know you look at even even Wisconsin. I mean we we did a really good job there and and we've done a good job here. You know this year we've been really hit with some adversity with some things, but you know what? We're the season's not over. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I'm an optimist, and I am going to coach this team with every bit of energy I have every day, and and I love it. You know, I do. I, I, I love what I do. I'm blessed to do what I do. At what point in the state of Wisconsin did you catch the attention of Rick Majerus? <laughs> I was 10 years old. I went to a basketball camp. I was a gymnast. So actually, weirdly, the year before I went to a gymnastics camp, I was little. I was tiny, 4'8", like 65 pounds gymnast doing all that stuff and rick majerus was at the campus a spotter big old rick sweaty old rick was a spotter it was disgusting i didn't want to go anywhere near the equipment but we did and then the next year i went to a basketball camp at carroll college he was at marquette as a third assistant hank raymond al mcguire rick majerus unbelievable names at this camp and I've told the story before that those that, that uh, have not heard my Rick Majerus story. So he didn't remember me from gymnastics camp, but I did remember this guy at this basketball camp. We're at Carroll College, Waukesha, Wisconsin, no air conditioning. It's got to be 100 degrees outside, 200 degrees. It was not 200, 115 inside. And he's got a gray T-shirt on. And he's soaked, just soaked. And Doc Rivers played for Marquette at the time, right? And the, the lecture, Rick was going to give a lecture on one-on-one defense. Okay, so I am terrified. I'm away from home. I'm 10, and it's overnight camp, and I'm sitting there in the front row, and he points at me. He goes, hey, you, Blondie, come here. And he goes, Doc, come here. He goes, he put his arm around me. He's sweaty. Sweaty arm. I'm this blonde, small child looking up at him, ready to, I'm terrified. He goes, you're the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's what he said to me. So I instantly start crying. He goes, I'll show you. Come here, Doc. He goes, give the ball to him. This is how you check it. And Doc was to go jump over my head and dunk the ball, which he did. So he goes, see, you're terrible. You're a bad basketball player. So I go back to my chair. I'm weeping. I'm crying. Lecture gets over. He comes over with Al McGuire, Hank Raymond, Rick Majerus. I cannot make this up. This is a true story. They said, come here, Blondie. What's your name? Lisa Anderson. That's my maiden name. Come here. The three of those Hall of Fame coaches, coaches take me to a basket. The camp's going on. There's 300 kids in the camp. By myself. They worked, showed me right hand how to shoot a proper left-hand layup and how to shoot a free throw. He goes, you work on your left hand, you come back next year, and you'll be the best player in our camp. Your you, Criticism makes you bitter or it makes you better. That's from Rick Majerus. I just criticized you in front of 300 people. It makes you bitter or better. I'll never forget it. And from that day on, I ended up working camps. I was a counselor for him. So as I got older, I started working for his camps for him when he was coaching. I never got a chance to coach beside him here at St. Louis. He passed before I got here. And 
but he we remembered he sent me a um a western union that's how that's how old this sounds but we were in the state championship or at the state tournament my senior year in high school and he was in milwaukee still and he sent me a western union message to the locker room to say hey blondie remember me go and it, like a, a good luck note coming from rick majeris so we stayed connected um Marquette job open and I was like 20 I wasn't ready for that level yet he goes you should come and be our coach I'm like I I mean I just finished playing but he was a fan all the way back not from the gymnastics he didn't remember that part but from when he called me out there to play one-on-one against Doc Rivers are you kidding me and I was little tiny little thing and I was terrified and disgusted because it was really hot in there. And he's a big guy. Wow. That is an unbelievable story. Yeah. And he just never forgot things. I, I remember, no. you know, my personal interactions with him. We did a segment every week on the radio. And he called me one time just to chat. It wasn't the day of our interview. And we just chatted. And I, we were just off the record. You know, I brought up one of the players. And, and he said, I said, I think he could be pretty good. He's like, huh. Eh. He's got some stuff to work on. And then, and then just like moved on. Yeah. But he didn't move on. He remembered what I said and he had his assistant send me in the mail like a, a booklet of everything that player was doing, working out, and so that I was up to date on that player that I had mentioned to him. That's cool. Like how do you – who does that? That's why his players loved him. He was a coach's – a player's coach. He loved him, and you'd do anything for him. I mean, I respect the guy. Like, my his the, my Life on a Napkin is his book. I have a personal copy of that he sent to me. I mean, he's he doesn't forget. That was a long time ago. I mean, I'm not a young chicken anymore, but I will tell you that was when I was 10 years old. Yeah, you were 10 and then 11, and that's the age of the girls that I'm coaching yep. right now. Uh, it's an incredible time in your life. You do not forget those things, and I always keep that in mind. We're going to talk about that and coaching girls and women next in our final segment on the Billiken Coaches Show from Chaffetz Arena. That's Lisa Stone, the head coach of the Billikens. I'm Tom Ackerman. We'll be back right after this. It's the Billiken Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Chaffetz Arena. Tom Ackerman with you. It is the Billiken Coaches Show, and we are with Billiken women's coach Lisa Stone. The Missouri Athletic Club is a proud partner of Billiken Athletics. Since 1903, the Missouri Athletic Club has been the premier athletic, business, social, and dining club in the St. Louis area for its members and their families. We hope to have a lot of families here at Chaffetz Arena on Wednesday at 11 a.m. when the Billikens take on Dayton. That's fun, isn't it? Just playing a day game. Your players who we had on earlier in the show, Brooke Flowers, said she loves those early games. You don't have to wait around all day. Well, we're used to practicing at 6 a.m., so shoot, 11 o'clock, it's, you know, we've been up for a while. But I love it, too. I mean, it's bright, it's sunny out, it's time to play, get up and play instead of waiting around all day long. I They they love it probably because I love it, and I, I we, we're used to the mornings. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Come on out and see us. It's going to be awesome. Are most of your practices at 6 a.m.? Not, they used to be. Uh, this year, this semester in particular, we only have them twice a week. Then they're otherwise they're 12 to 2:30. So um, it all depends on classes. I'm all, I'm a very big proponent of student athlete. So if they have classes, we arrange our practices around their classes. That is something. I, I'm an early morning guy on our flagship station KMOX doing my radio at 5 a.m. So. We're just just so you all know, we're you know you're up too. We're up. I'm I'm working at the same time. Uh, but it is you have to really respect. I think 
what student athletes are and what they do. Uh, they have a lot going on. It's not just basketball and it's not just academics. It's uh, everything else too. There's a lot. These are young women with a lot of things happening in their lives. And they're great students. They're our, our, my team. I'm very proud of their GPA. They're, they're great students. I, they, they, I don't have to tell them to study on the road. They're doing that on their own. Um, they're very conscious about they're in class every day. They're doing everything that they can to, to put themselves in a position to, to be successful in whatever area that is. So I'm, I'm really proud of them. They've, they've got great balance. And uh, when we practice in the morning, they just go to bed at 8.30 at night. That's okay. And uh, they like it. Then they have the rest of the data to do what they need to do. We talked uh, last segment about your upbringing in Wisconsin. You did not have the opportunities that they have today. No, we did not. And, you know, thanks to Title IX, we didn't have Title IX when I was growing up. Um, there was called GAA, Girls Athletic Association. So whatever sport they offered in seventh and eighth grade, um, one was, um, it was track and did that. There was volleyball and a little bit of basketball, but that's about it. Uh, when I got to high school, you just, you, again, I played the three sports. And then in college, my first two years of college, um, there was not the NCAA and, um, uh, uh, it was called, uh, AIAW. Um, it was separate. Women were not part of the NCAA and Title IX came through and we joined, and, uh, and, and, and then we joined the NCAA. So I've been through the, the whole Title IX bout. My, my college um, advisor was Dr. Christine Grant, who passed about a month ago, um, was my advisor, my mentor, um, a leader in all of Title IX. Um, she is one of the pioneers of seeing through opportunities for women, opportunity for, for participation, for coaching, for um, jobs, etc. cetera. Um, she is... Um, the namesake of that. Uh, and Dr. Grant was my advisor, and she made me work really hard for for uh, my degree because she expected things out of me, really good things. And, uh, you know, I, I just, we lost her about a month ago, but she was a great, uh, you know, influence, obviously, in my life. But Title IX changed everything for all of us, opportunities for women, opportunities for young girls to play, um, opportunities for, for me to coach at this level, um, participation, uh, women coaches, um, you know, women coaching women, um, just more opportunities for women, finances for um, youth sports, for your daughter's team to play, for um, high schools to provide uniforms for girls to play. Um, it's just, it goes way back, but it's because of those pioneers like Dr. Grant that have put us in a position now to do what we do. And I'm blessed to coach the Division One level with with a great athletic director and Chris May, who provides us everything we need in terms of our program. Um, my job as a female coach in women is to be a role model for not only my players, but also the youth. Um, we have our camps, we have our clinics, we have, we recruit all the time, young women. And, you know, the WNBA, the success of the WNBA over the last 10 years has become spectator friendly. You look at some of the, the attendance across the country for women's games or sellouts at some of these big games. You look at the, the, the Yukons and the Stanfords and the, and the teams that have been doing it for a long time, the Baylors, et cetera. And then you look at St. Louis when we play Yukon. We played um, Missouri. When we play Missouri here, there's 10,000 people here watching women play. And what a great opportunity for, like, your daughter and your daughter's team and, and other young girls to have role models to look up to. Um, back in the day, we didn't have that. They, they didn't have professional sports. They hardly had any sports. And because of Title IX, we now have way more opportunities for young girls and young women and to inspire the youth to, to play a game that's super fun to play. And 
I know you're enjoying coaching, Tom, which is awesome. I, I love how you light up when you talk about coaching your daughter because young girls, will they, they, they want to be involved. They want the opportunity to play. They want to, to have the smile on their face and the love for the game, the competitiveness of all of it. And, and that's all because of, of Title IX and, and the injection of that way back in the early 70s. I am coaching my daughter's fifth grade team. We played yesterday and won after a very tough loss. A really good team got us, Coach. I mean, they had taller players, and I, I knew that we were going to be up against it, but we missed a bunch of shots early, and once there's a lid on the basket, it's tough to <laughs> come back from it. But winning the next day, I don't know that I realized how much I would feel up and down about it, That how much I would get into it. I knew I, I would because I'm competitive, but it has really taken over a lot of my thought. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I use a lot of melatonin during the season um, because I care so much about our players. And, you know, we're, we've, we've been battling upstream all, all season, 28 days without a game uh, due to COVID, some injuries preseason, some lost a couple kids in the off season, And now we've had two more season-ending injuries this year that we are – still together and strong. February is an interesting month for basketball. Teams either are ready for spring break or they're they're determined to finish strong. And I know my team is determined and I am determined to give them my best every single day. Um, but it you, you think about it a lot. You think about, well, I wonder how Susie's feeling or maybe I should have played her a little bit more or, you know, that other team. But we, we, we accepted the challenge. And, you know, last week we played two teams that have 17 18 wins and we went into their place and played them nose to nose with courage and bravery and resiliency and now we play the conference winner here on uh, or the conference leader I should say on on Wednesday at 11 a.m. and we're going to go in there knowing that we will respect everyone we play we'll fear no one we're going to play to win we're going to play to win and we're going to lay it on the line no matter how many players we have available for the game we're going to give it everything that we can and the players expect that. I expect that out of them, but more importantly, they expect that out of me, and they're going to get that. So I, I feel you. I've been doing this for 36 years. You're going to have a lot of games, but you can have more practices. There's more practices than games. So every day you have an opportunity to, to impact and change young people's lives and encourage them and love them and support them and hold them accountable and teach them, um, learn from the, the losses, um, and don't let but let winning like blind you to things that you still need to work at. I think that's that's a common thing that happens with with uh, with young programs. But uh, I thank you for inspiring young girls, Tom. It's fun. They'll do whatever you ask them. They will. My players will do whatever I what I ask them to do. It is something. I, I say that. You know, you guys did everything I asked you to do. And I want them every game to learn something, and I want them to have fun. Yep. If that, they accomplish those two things, then it's a good season. Your, 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 your approach is, a, is exactly like mine. Tom, we defend, rebound, take good shots, play hard, play together, have fun. That's I, it. I told them after we won our first game and held the other team to eight points, I said, you know what, we're going to be known as a tough team to play against. We're a defensive team. One of the girls is like, well, we only, we've only played one game. It's <laughs> 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 like, well, it's still what we're going to be known for. We're That's a right. defensive team. We're going to hustle. We're going to do identity. this. That's your identity. That's your identity. That's our identity. And then we – Lost second game, won the third, and then split. So we're three and two. But like you said, like it, it, it is about the experience for them, and it's very, very special. And I, I, I um, want them to know there's only one fifth grade team. 
know, this is it. This is your fifth grade team, and then next year we'll we'll see who wants to play and who wants to keep going and, and have a good time with it. But the fact that they get to put on a uniform and play a basketball game with fans and officials and coaches and excitement is incredibly fulfilling for me, and I hope that it is for them each and every day. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And then, you know, the let's go get ice cream afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still kids, you know. And, that's right. And that's part of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love – that's what I've done in 36 years, Tom. See, you got 35 more years in you. That's you right. Yeah, that's right. So you were, just to recap, you were a player in Oregon, Wisconsin. Uh, Then you went to the University of Iowa, then Cornell College, then Eau Claire, then Drake, then the University of Wisconsin, and here you are at St. Louis University for the past 10 seasons. What has changed in you about this game of basketball? Well, I would hope if you asked anybody from my first to my coach to now that I'm still the same person. I learned that from my parents. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be somebody you're not. I am a motivator. I'm energized. I have. That's just who I am. Don't change who you are. And I don't think I have. What's changed is the players are better. The talent is better. It's because of Title IX. The opportunities for women, they're learning at a younger age that they're better and better and better. And my style, I adapt. I, I, I hope I'm a coachable coach, yet I'm a firm believer in fundamentals. And I'm a firm believer in doing the very best I can every single day with the type of person that I am. And I love my players. I love my job. I love to do what I do. And uh, I love winning, too. There's no question about that. But you don't win every game. But you can continue to learn, and you can keep striving to be the best, and you continue to coach kids and help them believe that they can do something that they've never done. If I can do that, it's a success. You'll have the league leader, Dayton, here for an 11 a.m. tip, the first of two home games this week for the Billikens. It's not just uh, Dayton, but you have Davidson for a night game on the 12th, so you get to play here back-to-back, and that hasn't really been the case for a lot of this year. Right. We have two home games, and we need the fans. Fans are great. Um, I mean, I, I love our band. I love when our fans are here. I love being at home, sleeping in our own bed, and we've, we've traveled a lot this year, and our kids have been very resilient. But uh, get back in our home court and play well. Uh, we played really well last week. Um, we got a tough, t- tough test on, on Wednesday, but we're up for it. We'll be prepared. We'll get excited about it. We'll bring some energy and, and then we get Davidson back on, on Saturday, a much different team than Dayton. Um, not as experienced, but, but good, very good. And uh, three point shooting team We're, we got to defend and rebound. That's our identity and play hard and have some fun. That'll be on Wednesday at 11 a.m. against Dayton and a 7 p.m. tip against Davidson right here at Chaffetz Arena. The men, as we speak, are in Philadelphia. They take on LaSalle. Boy, they're hot right now. They've won five in a row. They have LaSalle tomorrow night, and they need you on Friday night in here as well against St. Bonaventure. Eight o'clock tip. It's going to be nationally televised. Of course, it'll be right here on radio. Uh, But to pack this place again would be incredibly thrilling for them. So continue to support the men's and women's programs at St. Louis University. This is a fun time to be a Billiken. There's no question, no matter what sport you're playing, this school has got it going right now. And Lisa Stone, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you. Great to have the coaches show here on the floor. Thanks so much, Tom. Great to, great to be, uh, be be here again, and I'll, I'll echo it as well. Uh, great environment for the Billiken Blizzard against Dayton. Get yourself out here Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday for Billiken basketball. Our engineer is Jim Jackson. Our producer is Matt Pajeski. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thank you for joining us on the Billiken Coaches Show, live from Chaffetz Arena from Learfield. 
on the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield. This has been the Billiken Coaches Show presented by Edward Jones. Life is for living. Let's partner for all of it. Learn more at edwardjones.com. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken Sports Network. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.